Welcome back to Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. My name is Eric Garrison, and one of the questions I often get this time of year is, how do we deal with daylight savings time? In the fall and in the spring, people get so elated or so upset about that one hour, and there's actually a reason why you should be more upset than elated. We sleep in 90-minute cycles, so when those changes or when we travel to a new time zone, when they give us that extra hour or extra two hours or they take away an hour, it's going to affect us anyway because we're either going to be waking up 30 minutes into a new sleep cycle or 30 minutes before the start of the next one. So you will feel groggy and you will feel groggy for a couple days unless you take the time right now to prepare for that. These are just a couple tips I'd like to share with you, with all our listeners here at Ways to Flourish, to make this daylight savings time a little bit better for you. And again, if you're traveling to another time zone, or if you remember this podcast in the fall, the formulas and the tips are pretty much the same. The first thing that I would recommend to everybody is that you enter this time zone change well-rested. So when we start with a sleep debt, when we start with a week of insomnia or a caffeine-filled week, our body is not prepared for that change. So my first advice would be start well-rested. So with the days approaching to the daylight savings time, it's really important that you enter this piece feeling rested. And if sleep is an issue for you, it's really important to me that you speak to a healthcare provider about that because if sleep has been an issue for you prior to a daylight savings change or prior to moving or flying to another time zone, then that's something you need to address. Realize that if you've been diagnosed with stress or anxiety, depression, maybe an attention deficit disorder, these things are going to affect your sleep. And your recovery, your the way you handle these things will be even better if you are well-rested. Particularly if you're on medications, sleep and hydration will help those medicines work much better than if you weren't hydrated and you weren't rested. So I mentioned planning ahead, and that's really important. Prepare for this change. Oftentimes, people don't think about it until the night before. They set their clocks accordingly, and then they go to bed. One of the best ways to start planning now is to have a routine for the day that you're going to wake up in that new time. Or when I travel to Europe, or when those of us who are living in other parts of the country or traveling anywhere overseas, when we can start that first day off with activities that expose us to sunlight, regular meal times according to the time zone, that's how we can have a better recovery from a daylight savings change. So, Again, start planning now. Don't plan the night before. Have those things in mind now so that you know that you're going to have an active, productive day in that new time. Whether it's exposure to sunlight, how we fuel and how we train. Of course, we want to do more vigorous exercises, more vigorous training in the morning with more meditative or mindful, more relaxing, lighter training in the evening. That's very important to adjust into that new day. And as we approach the, the change, again, whether it's daylight savings time or we're traveling to a new time zone, we need to let our bodies process through 
any extra chemicals or drugs that might be in, in, in our body, in our systems. Particularly, I'm thinking of alcohol and caffeine. Many experts would suggest that caffeine the day before daylight savings change or the day before international travel or cross-country travel, caffeine should stop at noon on that day to allow your body time to process that caffeine, to get it out of your system so that you can adjust to the new time or new time zone accordingly. It's also, when I think about it, important that if you are a a student, faculty, staff member, family, or alum who enjoys a glass of wine with dinner or a beer with pizza, these drinks need to stop around 6 o'clock the day before a time change. You need to have your body process those prior to the time change. That can help you wake up feeling much more refreshed and with a better night's sleep. The other thing that's vital here is the effect of blue light. Blue light is the type of light that we receive from the sun around the hours of 1 to 3 in the afternoon for most of us, depending on our time zone. But typically in the afternoon, for most of us here in the United States, 1 to 3 p.m. would be where the blue light would be maximum. The issue with blue light is that it affects melatonin, which is one of the body's chemicals to helping us sleep. It suppresses melatonin. So blue light suppresses that melatonin, which keeps us from falling asleep. That's great at 1 to 3 in the afternoon. It's not fantastic in the evening when we're trying to drift off to sleep. And what is our source of blue light at night? That would be our cell phones, our televisions, our laptops, and other devices that we use, our tablets. These things project blue light into our eyes And they're telling our brains, hey, you know what? It's just one, two, three in the afternoon. And so we're going to cut off that melatonin so that you don't fall asleep. Therefore, it's vital that an hour or so before bedtime, I would say minimally an hour before bedtime, that we disengage from these devices. The only one I would say we need to keep on is an alarm clock. Many of us don't have an alarm clock. We use our telephones as a $900 alarm clock. If that's the case, make sure that you've got your alarm set and place the device away from your bed where you're not going to turn it on in the middle of the evening and happen to see a text or an email message or that desire to see that YouTube video or finish up that Pulitzer Prize-winning novel you started earlier. So again... Try to disengage from those blue light activities in the evening just to allow your brain to understand that it is the evening and that you need that melatonin in your system. There are things on devices. For instance, Apple products have night shift. Uh, There's also Flux that you can download onto your devices. These change the tint of the screen to more of an orange light that you would see at dusk. Things like night shift and Flux, they know the time zone that you're in, and they will allow your eyes to adjust accordingly and reduce the impact of blue light. So those are some tips for blue light reduction, and I would strongly encourage all of you, whether you sleep well or you wake up feeling incredibly groggy, to try reducing your blue light in the evening, regardless of daylight savings time or traveling to another time zone, just to help you sleep better. It will help with that production of melatonin, Other things that we can do to help us fall asleep at night, regardless of time zone changes, are 
a change in temperature, a slight decrease in body temperature can help us fall asleep. A ritual can help us fall asleep. A little bit of carbohydrates prior to bed can be quite useful. And I mentioned early on at the top of this conversation the importance of planning ahead and the fact that we sleep in 90-minute cycles. When we know that we sleep in 90-minute cycles, where if you can think of five or six hills in the evening, we want to wake up at the bottom of a hill, not at the top or in the middle of one. And so that would be a cycle, bottom of the hill, up and then back down to the bottom of the next hill. That would be a cycle of 90 minutes. To calculate those, I love a website called Sleepy Time. And it's Sleepy Time, but there's a dot right before the M-E. So it's like sleepytit.me. Sleepy Time, which is also a web application or a, a mobile application, you can go to the website or the app, and you can enter the time that you would like to wake up the next day. It will show you all the times that you can go to sleep to wake up at that time that you've chosen. So for instance, if you want to wake up at 6 in the morning, you could go to bed at 9 o'clock at night, or 90 minutes later at 10.30, midnight, 1.30, etc. You will wake up at 6 o'clock feeling more refreshed than if you just had picked a random time to fall asleep. That's why when we plan for daylight savings, you need to take the time that you would like to wake up at and adjust your time accordingly for bedtime, knowing that you're going to have to adjust on this end for a theoretical wake-up time on the other, or adjust your wake-up time based on your current sleep time. It's very important. It's, it's also not difficult to do when we use something like sleepy time for that function. So we can use these tips and tricks, uh, sleepy time, these blue light tips, uh, talking with our healthcare providers or a health promotion specialist here on campus, Make sure that when we wake up after daylight savings or when we wake up in another time zone or for our travel abroad when that's finally allowed again, that we are having the optimal amount of energy that we need to get through the day without having to rely on caffeine or other substances to do that. Again, if you need to reach out to me, please don't hesitate to write at eric.garrison, that's E-R-I-C dot G-A-R-R-I-S-O-N at W-M dot E-D-U. If you write me, I can send you some tips and tricks in a, a bullet form format with many of these websites and apps that I'm thinking about already there, as well as a link to a sleep journal that you can use to track your sleep throughout the year, daylight savings time or not. Don't forget, we have a wonderful virtual wellness center on our website. You can go to wm.edu and search for virtual wellness center and see all the great activities that we can provide you, whether you are doing those at home or if you'd like to see what we offer here on campus. With that in mind, I wish everybody a wonderful daylight savings that's approaching. Get the rest that you need and the resources that you need as well. Thank you for listening. I would also like to thank our sponsor, United Healthcare, for supporting this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Daria Moody, Jenny Helmendaller, Lindsay Heck, Ben Heath, Eric Garrison, Brittany Emmons, and Colin Cross. 